and uh, we are live. Hi everyone, uh, welcome you, welcome you all to another session of uh, the Mana Agile Conversations with your able hosts, I, Jobotieno. Well, I made an appearance this month, this is Richie. And Dennis. Thank you for having us here again, Summerbox. Um, a big shout out to our colleague, Edward. Once again, he didn't, uh, he wasn't able to make it. Uh, he was bereaved. He lost his mother-in-law. They're actually, you know, entering the body right now. So, Ed, our thoughts are with you and your family. Um, all in all, God is able. Down to the trenches. So, for us at the Mana Agile, we're here to inform, educate, empower, right, through conversations. Not necessarily having to agree with one another, but, you know, within the space of Agile framework. Seeing that, uh, you know, Agile is being rolled out at, a, you know, a high velocity, and it is important to get it right. Today, we're going to focus solely on, you know, roles within an Agile uh, delivery. And um, we may touch from one framework to the next framework, okay? But in, in, one in, all, in, in all in all, they're kind of the same. I'm quite big on Scrum, so I may kind of lean on the roles into Scrum. So as we kick off today, uh, one of the things that I really want to be, you know, to touch on, and uh, it's quite dear to my heart, if you ask me, and uh, it's something that most organizations struggle with, and that's the reason for this particular podcast. Now, when you look at organizations, traditional, and by traditional, I mean the ones who are still running projects uh, under the waterfall, and the modern agile organizations that are being run on uh, uh, agile. So there's a big difference in terms of how roles, skills are actually structured. So if you look at uh, in an organization where agile is the primary mode of product delivery, you'll hear roles such as a product owner, scrum master, agile coach, you know, a full stack developer. Then if you look at the other side of the coin, you'll hear things like business analyst, you know, project managers, you know, uh, network engineer. Guys, is this simply a deviation from skills? Does it mean that one organization has better skills in, in terms of project deliveries? Or does it mean that the other organization, you know, is simply uh, leaning towards, you know, uh, SMEs being a subject matter, know it all? Maybe we can begin with you. Dennis. Okay, okay then. So on my end, hmm, I feel like um, it depends with the organization. That's number one, the organizational culture, because it has reached to a certain point where everyone is experimenting, which is awesome. That's what Agile is all about. And having that, the Scrum Guide has just uh, the easiest of terms. When you are as a team and you have the development team, the development team is anyone who gives value to the specific product or project so that they, they can actually deliver to the customer. So all in all, anyone can be part of that team. I don't think it's like, a, um, how can I say this? It's cast to stone that you need a specific person to be in that team for it to work out. Because I have been in certain um, scenarios where 
I, I am in a scrum team, but there's a PM inside and it still works. Why? He or she has a part to play and we actually uh, we're able to get to where we want to be. Mm. Reaching? Yeah, just to add on to that, um, because organizations are operating a continuum, uh, that means that uh, the situation is never static. So because of that, an organization probably needs to think about where it wants to go and then the skills that basically would help it get to where it needs to be. Maybe mm. the next hop, the most immediate next hop, not necessarily the vision in 10 years. And then identify who can best uh, adopt those skills and if there are gaps, how to address them in training. And as a result, get from it to be. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of pigeonholing guys into specific role-based names uh, because, again, that basically can become very defunct very quickly. Mm. In six months, the role can start getting a bit um, ambiguous, especially if you have to quickly pivot into a specific uh, direction. So that, that's my take. So when you talk about uh, agile transformation, uh, two key things come in mind. You know, It has to be one, comprehensive, and two, iterative. Now, when you talk about comprehensive, we're talking about processes, strategies, structure, people, and technology. And maybe that's why the roles do come in. And when you talk about agile, let's look at the key tenets of agile, small teams, okay? Cross-functional, um, self-organizing, you know, self-managing. Uh, they have a common goal, right? So if you talk about small teams, we often say that, you know, not more uh, five or seven plus two, you know, no more than 10. You have to have small teams that are basically cross-functional, self-organizing. And we talk about cross-functional, now it means that uh, as a team, you need to have all the skills, right? All the capabilities to deliver on that particular product or service. Because you don't want to a situation whereby you run into a world where you need this particular capability. It doesn't exist. It exists in a different uh, part of the organization. So you have to start having conversations with, you know, the powers that be to get you or to borrow that skill. But then again, it's like, you no, know, having, you have this kind of scenario. There's the cruise ship and there are those two small boats. The small boats is beside the cruise ship. You know, it's rowing, rowing but the cruise ship is going. So when you get to destination, you know, being that small boat, you've already delivered your project, but you, know, you haven't really integrated back to the organization. So let's come back to the concept of small teams, self-organizing, cross-functional, okay? Which, and I'm going to, just going to begin with some of the key roles that are quite critical for product delivery. Richie. Yeah, so pick it up. Um, I think we need to ask ourselves why we need uh, smaller teams because uh, it makes common sense that uh, you can have a very large group of people doing uh, something together. It, it becomes counterproductive at some point. And the context, again, is really unique. Um, how small is small? Uh, you go to the military... I think these days they, they're really the SI unit of devolution of, of, of uh, capabilities. It could be a team of two people. You go to some places, you need 50 people to get something done mm. uh, because um, that is the smallest unit that a team can be at. But the point I'm trying to make is you need to ask yourself why. Uh, why do we need a smaller team? How, how small is small? 
And then what skills uh, within that team would be sufficient for you to encapsulate this thing, this this unit to be able to deliver value? Because I guess that's what we're all trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, before then, now defining what each person does in the team, what they bring to the team. But I also tend to think, reason being small, small because, you know, you are trying to infuse a new organizational culture. And that's what I tend to say. When you talk about Agile, it's, you know, a transfusion of culture, right? And, you know, culture change is so hard and it's more than often unseen, you know? You've always often heard things like, in this organization, in as much it's not written down within the HR, you know, handbook, they'll tell you, here you don't talk like that. Here you don't dress like that. You come in at a certain time. It is unwritten rule and everybody knows it. And that's why, you know, when it's small, it's easy to make those cultural changes and for people to adapt. And again, go back, let's go back to the tenets of uh, agility, communication. You know, it's much easier for people to communicate. I don't know what you think. So, so um, an- another aspect you can, you can, um, you can think of is um, we say we want smaller teams, but this, there's an aspect where we want or we need smaller teams. There's this aspect where dedication is key. Most teams, generally not agile teams, but most project teams, we don't have dedicated members. Mm-hmm. Now that becomes another issue. So <clears throat> ideally, um, once we have this small number of people, five to 10, who are fully dedicated. You can even have another 20 or 30 people who come in when need be to assist. So that, that's my, my thinking of it. But then again, let's go back to the tenets of agility or agile, self-empowerment, right? And, and being agile, we tend to, you know, um, advocate for T-skills. You know, you don't have that, you know, that, single skill like being a nail like just have your subject matter expert in a particular area so you have to learn and that's why there's that concept of continuous learning right continuous improvement being at the core of agile and that's why maybe as a team and and i'm going to bring in a new role the agile coach or the scrum master okay so if you look at the scrum guide what does it say about the scrum master okay so the scrum master is the trainer and again let's look at the word Scrum master, you're a master of a framework. And it's important, it's important to distinguish between the two, being a master of the framework and being a master of the people. And maybe Rich, you'll you know, try to distinguish those two, being a master of the framework and being a master of, <laughs> of the people, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe then, um, uh, Dennis, we look at that role of the Scrum master, who sometimes, because you have been a Scrum master over time, you've become a master of the framework, of how of all the process, so then you start coaching, right? So maybe you'll talk about that kind of transition from being you no, know, being dedicated to a team, but then go to a, being a coach, where your you know your vision spreads. So let's start with Richie and those two. Okay, so where I would take it up is um, okay. Being a Scrum master, at least you need to have an idea of what Scrum theory is. Um, well, Scrum being the framework, it would help if you actually have an idea of what's happening in the other agile frameworks because. That helps you in terms of understanding to what extent Scrum can be of value to your Scrum team and at which point you can basically blend in other aspects and basically tailor things accordingly. Now, Master of Scrum, well, Scrum theory is good. It helps especially if you've done applied Scrum theory in different uh, contexts so that your knowledge, applicability is also well-peppered because 
I've come across people who are very good in scrum theory. You put them in a situation they don't even know where to start. And probably this is where a master of the people comes in because he needs to read his team. Um, and uh, something you like talking a lot about uh, job psychological safety. Um, if he's a master of the people, he'll be able to create that kind of uh, an environment where he also is in a position to say sometimes, I don't know, he's willing to find out because he can go to other more experienced grandmasters or look look for help from other places. So so that role basically, in my opinion, you'd need to have good scrum theory. It would be a massive plus if you have good scrum experience and your people skills need to be next level. Mm, yeah, totally agree, but I'll come back to that. But Dennis, um, you know, since we're talking about roles, so we're talking about Scrum Master, because ideally over time, because you're a master of the framework and um, when you look at the framework, fr- framework, and uh, it goes back to what I said earlier, in terms of agile transformation, you know, it has to be comprehensive and iterative. And when you're talking about comprehensive, you're talking about strategy, process, structure, people, technology. So the Scrum Master will help you in that, right? Because you're a master of the framework and you understand how things are supposed to be. But over time, because the organization needs to pivot, then you start, your role starts expanding because you really want to upskill people. Because let's look at what Scrum Guide says, because see, the Scrum Master serves the product owner. I've mentioned another role, okay? serves the organization and serves the team. So, and one of the key things that keeps coming out there, learning, you know, training, leading, planning, you know, helping find techniques for effective product goal definition, you know. So where's, where's the line between being a scrum master and being an agile coach? Okay, then. So from my, <clears throat> from, from my experience, anyone ideally can become a scrum master. So it, it's not a scenario where, you know, you have to have gone, gotten like two, three degrees or a master's. Once you understand the framework, as just Richie had pointed out, that ideally is enough. But experience is key. And if you have a scenario where if anything pops up, you do not understand, you raise your hand, that's how you, you continue learning, that's how you continue getting better. Now, for organizations, it actually reaches to a point where um, you have started working with this team, but other people like the way you're working with this team or how people are communicating. So it reaches to a point where they're like, can you come and do a scrum thing for us? Can we come and do one, two, three, four? So that's how you start growing to, di- to different teams, to different departments, but it reaches to a point where you can't handle everything at once. And that's how somebody like graduates to become like an agile coach, because you're on a high level, you're assisting very many teams, not on a day-to-day, but just on the cultural mindset and, and moving. So that's the difference between being an agile coach and, uh, and a scrum master. So, you know, um, and this is something that we really need to be able to distinguish. And this is sometimes what I tend to call uh, renaming and retooling because I think part of the reason why the role Scrum Master is quite popular is because people tend to think it comes with some sort of authority and power, right? But just hold on that thought. It's something you mentioned that um, I just want to counteract. In as much as I think you don't need um, certain skills 
to be able to be a scrum master. But here I tend to think, um, you know, when you're a scrum master, there are critical things that you do. First of all, you need to be able to understand the delivery of a product, right, or a service using the Agile framework. And the key thing, and we tend to go back to the tenets of Agile, which is basically the four core principles and the 12, so core four core values and the 12 principles. And one of them is continuous delivery, right? You know, iteratively, deliver product, we build on it. Deliver product, build on it, okay? And, and this is where I think some organizations tend to go wrong because they have that surface level definition of who a Scrum Master is. And they tend to believe you can pick anybody to come in and fill that role. Because the perception is that as a Scrum Master, you're supposed just to ensure that the cadences are right. The ceremonies are happening on time, right? But there is that key definition that they're missing. You know, you're supposed to ensure that the team is growing. And so to be a Scrum Master, I tend to believe you need to be ready to be able to help your team transform, right? Not so, so much on the product level. Yes, that's quite important. But to be able to transform to what Agile actually defines. And that's where maybe now, Richie, and I want to differentiate that bit. You know, where people tend to believe that as a Scrum Master, you come with authority, you, you know, you're the, someone who bears, who bears the power. Um, before, before Richie uh, speaks, now, there's a, there's a point... <laughs> I will not lie. I do not agree with what you speak. There's a certain line where you talk about uh, the Scrum Master needs to like fully understand the product. If a Scrum Master does that, it's a plus. But we have someone we call a product owner who ideally, ideally has the vision and is the one who you know gets the nitty-gritties of how the product should be. The Scrum Master is a good to have to understand it, because it's easy now for you to support. But on this other end, because mm -mm. I have seen guys who are doing projects in medicine. I'm in marketing now. I started knowing nothing about marketing, because it was a new field coming. Um, <clears throat> it was a new field. But does that mean that I needed to understand marketing so that I now become a scrum master for that? No. Remember, in every single um, Scrum team, it's all about cross-learning. That's why there is a cross-functional team. Now, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't call myself a master in, a, in marketing, but yes, I know one, two, three, four. A lot more than I began. So, okay, Richie, just, just, just now, continue. I was going to, to agree with you, which is even in software product development, where Scrum, you could say, is the home of Scrum, isn't it? Uh, you build softwares for many different use cases. <clears throat> it's impossible to understand those contexts uh, to a level of depth that uh, you can actually uh, be able to articulate a product vision. So that's why the product owner role basically falls in because you may need to bring in someone who has a very good understanding of that particular context and your role as a Scrum Master is just to facilitate the achievement of that value. They tell you the values is you help the team get to that place. Um, so it's it's I agree with Dennis, it's difficult to 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 be that 
a master of everything kind of scenario. True. But maybe we misunderstood you. True. <laughs> True. But from what I've come to believe, as a scrum master, you have to be willing to learn, right? Yes. You have to be willing to learn. Now let's talk about, for example, now we've just deviated, which is okay. To be able to continuously deliver value to your customer, which is basically the tenants uh, that uh, DevOps is based upon, to be able to continuously deliver value to customers. So as when you come in as a Scrum Master or an Agile coach, I, yes, I don't necessarily have to know everything to do about you know, uh, how to set up the cloud environment, you know, uh, you know um, code uh, infrastructures are code, you know. But you can, you should be able to know a few things, right? To be able to ensure that, because as a, as a Scrum Master, I'm, su- I'm supposed to ensure that my team is performing optimally, right? So where my team is not performing optimally, why is that the case? I need to be able to know and then communicate the same back to the powers that be, that, you know, we're not being productive. So you guys, you guys like I'm told, that maybe let's say you're operating an Amazon website somewhere and you needed to make a change. But somehow that change as you, you pushed it, it broke something, right? So you need to be able to understand, okay, how, how do we you know, work backwards? So what kind of things, infrastructures do we need to have in place? To, I may not, I don't need to be an expert in that, but how then do we gel as a team and be able to? So I need to be able to know, okay, why is this happening? Why is that happening? That's the context that I was coming from. Not really being a master of a product that I need to know this is how Nike shoes is made, right? But not necessarily, no. So I agree with you. The the mindset of willing to learn and understand, understood. As a prerequisite, no. Because uh, learning happens across the board, even within your team. And uh, you can agree with me that let's say you've pushed something since we're talking IT stuff. We have pushed something onto the platform and it's broken the the rest of the platform. It'll be a journey of discovery, even for your most skilled engineers trying to fix that problem. They won't have an answer immediately unless they maliciously <laughs> decided to to put in the the, the the code that broke everything. But you'd go on a journey of discovery, and it would be best if everyone went on that journey together. Yeah. You didn't abandon it to one individual to figure it out, and then because you got the results, you don't care what happened. It would be helpful if everyone understood how you got there because you don't want to repeat that. Mm. So the Scrum Master, yes, you should um, basically epitomize those those values because if your team is supposed to self-organize and learn from you, and this talks into what you had asked before about the difference between being a master and commander and then being a servant leader because I mm. think that's the term that most people are familiar with. Um, as a master and commander, you you tend to be the one who should know it all. Uh, you should have all the answers, which uh, I think history has proven is impossible. Um, you you basically for me that's a dead end street. You it may it may cut it with with very young organizations starting out on the agile journey, and especially if you've got good experience as scrum master, you tend to have quite a few answers under your at your fingertips. Um, but at some point, because the context of the organization will be totally unique, you'll run out of things to say. Um, so you need to have that that. To, to move from master and commander, which you should never have been in the first place, to a servant leader, which is how do I create an environment that enables everybody to excel? Precisely, because when you talk about agility, and we, we, we keep going back to the tenets of agility, when you talk about, you know, 
the core values about the people being about the people right and you bring in the concept of servant leadership you should be able i should be able to empathize with you and my team members right i should be able you know to find a way how do you call it uh leadership by influence right not by authority right and that's the way it's supposed to because the whole leadership concept kind of changes we move away from that authoritarian kind of leadership like no this is the line you have to do it no you're supposed to do this by this time by tomorrow i need the report on my table you know as a scrum master you're not supposed to be telling um your team members like you know this is what you're supposed to be doing this is what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be doing this i need you to finish this work by this time you know that's and that's where i'm trying to come how can you as a scrum master you need to be able to know those demarcations and maybe you can speak a little to it dennis okay then so um in regards to that bit number one you have not hired babies you've hired you know like fully grown human being who has been vetted by hr coming in as an expert on one or two fields when you speak to that person and you have an agreement stating that hi we have this project this is what we want to achieve and you've openly asked this individual how can you achieve this and they tell you so give me one or two weeks i'll be able to do 1 2 3 4 in natural sense you're not supposed to follow up on that person because number one you've already given what is needed then it's now for them to deliver yes you can touch base just to know where they've reached if they have any impediments or any issues that's okay but to that point where you now start uh, enforcing rules you know uh threats we have to have finished this by this and this time this person should have actually known this is the vision and to get here we need one to three four and these are the timelines then it's for them to know oh no i need to i need to um you know get up on the horse and start moving things faster that's the level of trust and the level of um self organization and maturity that is actually needed for any agility because it's collective accountability but then how do you coach because sometimes you know let's look at an organization that starts starting out mm-hmm. on, on scrum not really on scrum it's but baby on steps. agile right it's baby, it's baby steps yeah mm-hmm. so obviously people, not everyone will know all those things right but you need you need to have that kind of transformational leader who will guide you along the road that this is how we're supposed to work and i think for me it's the reason why i always keep saying for you to be able to successfully do agile you have to be able to understand the manifesto right what does the manifesto say when you look at the manifesto it talks about four key things you know we prefer individuals and interactions over processes and tools working software which then nowadays i tend to say uh, a working product or service right that's your basic right that's the basic level over comprehensive documentation customer collaboration over contract negotiation responding to change over following a plan then you look at the supporting principles satisfy the customer okay our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software work together trust and support 
you know, self-organizing team, reflect and adjust. And I believe that's the, one of the core tenets of Agile, reflect and adjust, reflect and adjust. And if you understand these basic things, then you know, and that's why over time, like I don't have to tell you that you need to be having a stand-up because it's natural, right? Um, we need to prioritize value delivery. It's natural. The team understands. The team knows what needs to be done at what time, who needs to do it at what particular time. It becomes natural. Not that the Scrum Master is driving it, but guiding the team in internalizing the values and the principles of the Agile Manifesto. Then the rest follows. Okay. I would say easier said than done. <laughs> because... Um, Especially find people who use the manifesto as um, as the rule book, then you'd have a problem. Uh, because you, I think you've got in those situations where people are debating whether you're more agile than somebody else because you you did less documentation than was necessary or something like that. Um, I think the idea of the manifesto, among other things, because each and every framework has some level of documentation too as a guide, is to understand the spirit of the manifesto or the documentation. What are they trying to communicate to us? Let's say we're using Scrum, the Scrum manifesto, uh, sorry, the Agile manifesto, and we're using Scrum as a framework. What are they trying to communicate to us so that we can be able to be more effective? And I think it's incumbent on the Scrum master to be able to guide that conversation. And the conversation doesn't need to be a, a specific a meeting you have maybe at the start of an initiative, it probably needs to be continuous as the initiative is ongoing. Where you basically even introspect as a team when you're doing your retrospectives. Why are we behaving in such a way? And uh, you can probably just revisit the manifesto, Agile Manifesto, and ask yourselves, well, is our behavior not in keeping what was envisioned here? And if it isn't, why? Maybe our context is unique. Or if it is not, because we, this is the way we've always done it and we're just borrowing from poor bad, poor culture in the organization, what do we need to do to change? So that's why I started with the statement, it's easier said than done mm. because there's a lot of cogs that need to move for the team to then be able to adopt these elements and, and use them effectively. Precisely. And, you know, it, I think it speaks also mostly to culture because there are certain things that, you ha that have to change, Right. Because now, when you talk about, let's go back to what you said, small teams, self-organizing, cross-functional, right? So when it means that as a team, we decide how we work, right? We, based on what the PO, and I keep mentioning, the, we'll come back to the PO later. Based on what the PO, who is the business representative, you know, this is what we need to, this is the most valuable thing to the customer. And we need to work on that over this period of time, okay? So based on that, then we deliver on that. Okay, so you have to self-organize. So you have to go back to the key agile, you know, tenants, the spirits, as you say them, and understand why those things are the way they're supposed to be. And it's a continuous journey, like you say, it's a continuous journey. You have to keep learning. And it comes to back to the roles. You need to have someone to guide you. So that can be an agile coach. It could be a scrum master. So in as so let's take it this way, for example. So this is an organization that has never done Agile, right? So it can be very, 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 very frustrating 
for uh, for the team especially right when someone who doesn't understand the framework how agile is supposed to be because you're going to be taken back to the old ways of working right and the mindset are not going to align with the way it's supposed to be and why again as a scrum master or an agile coach you have to have a very strong mindset because sometimes you'll have to disagree with the people and tell them no this is not how it's done so you stand on your principles and you know on your knowledge that I've advised you that's the way it's supposed to be but this is how you want to do it but if you do it this way these are the results you're going to get so so <clears throat> so on on um on that bit so that what there were two things you had pointed out earlier we talked about adjusting and reflecting and uh, we also talked about experimentation so what i currently do if you want like the team says no we can't be having a stand up daily can we just do it for you know once a week do you know what i'll say i'll actually say no problem let's try it out so once they but once they tried and it reaches to a point they start getting to know the value they now start changing now let's do it three times you need to actually make a team feel like they are making the decisions themselves as much as you're guiding from there the value now will be seen as as we we pointed out it's a framework it's fluid it can work for some for some teams it won't work for other teams but if experimentation is there and you are adjusting and reflecting every single time that's ideally like the essence of coaching to help you now become better like if i count all the teams i've been in it's close to like 50 teams and trust me all of them are different whether it whether it's hr whether it's marketing all of them are different and i agree with you 100% so um I'm going to give you each two minutes of closure, okay? And I'm just going to start with me. So then I give you on two minutes to close. I'm going to close in less than a minute. But so I, for I, I've, I've just closed. So you really closed? <laughs> then you okay? <laughs> okay. So here's the thing, um, especially for an organization that is starting out, and if you're coming in as a scrum master, it's easy. This one, this is what I'll say. It's easy to conform. it's easy to conform because agile is all about culture change it's easy to conform especially where there's a lot of pressure you're new and for you your primary uh, concern is your job and you have to guard it right so it's easy to conform but again you need to be able to understand why you're coming in as a scrum master or an agile coach you're coming in to help the organization transform and for me here are the key things is you're coming in as a scrum master regardless of which level of scrum master you are it could be a senior someone who has i don't want to call it a senior senior scrum master because we have so many roles out there on linkedin like senior scrum master super scrum master <laughs> super po right so i don't want to because again uh the agile framework really doesn't talk about those things we've just named them like scrum master but we know why they have those connotations like scrum master po and so forth right now as a scrum master you should be able to maintain neutrality right I mean you shouldn't be someone who votes like I have a vote this is my vote and this is how it's supposed to be right so we have four votes versus three votes so the four votes carry the day no you need to be someone who is able to maintain neutrality again not be able to collude 
and this is where I keep talking about conformity, right? Where you see things are going against the green, you should be able to stand on your professionalism and advise that this is how it's supposed to be. You're not necessarily colluding or being neutral, but you know, you're making, this is how it's supposed to be. And if you do it this way, these are the eventual results. And we've seen it in many organizations that try to, you know, change it and, you know, let's remold it. Let's change a few colors here and there. And those who have, that have worked like the Spotify, they changed the Scrum model to their own model. It worked, but it requires a lot of discipline and maturity, right? To be able to change certain concepts to work for you. So for me, those are my closing remarks, but we'll still revisit the roles. Richie. My closing remarks would be with regards to skills. Um, I believe with the requisite amount of uh, study, like trying to figure out what frameworks do and practice, anyone can transform into a really good Scrum Master. Especially if you're ready to, you have the, the growth mindset, you're willing to learn. And also you are willing to lead uh, using the servant leadership approach. Um, and I think uh, something I was reading recently about leadership is good leaders create other leaders, actually, if you ask me. So there's a mark of excellence as a Scrum Master is if you're able to create other Scrum Masters within your team, I think you're doing the right job. You can go on vacation, somebody steps into the role, and they're only basically able to consult you for areas that they feel they're out of their depth. And there's that level of psychological safety. I think you're on the right path. Um, you should also look to transform into coaching because coaching, even in terms of the ability to help people think through things, coaching per se, uh, would be of great value. So Scrum Masters, and, and this touches into what you were saying about being an agile coach as well. You do a bit of agile coaching. Um, and as you grow as a Scrum Master in experience, you should do more agile coaching. Because that, if you ask me, is how you influence the organization. That's my closing remark. There's a big hammer, right? There's a big hammer pounding there. Dennis, you're sure you don't want to close? I'll just, I'll just stick to what I pointed out earlier. A new organization, a new team, if you're trying out anything, reflect, adjust, and experiment. And that's our conversations for today. We'll again come back in three weeks' time. Uh, wishing you guys uh, peaceful voting. Thanks to Semabox. Uh, Ed, we're doing prayers. See you next time.